0: All right, a uh, ton is happening, folks, around the world. President's visit, surprise, one to Ukraine, Putin's uh, address. We're going to get into the all with Dr. Holland Ullman. You know about the book, the new med, the Peace, the hill, comes out each and every week. Uh, vital information, great piece. We'll get into that as we walk in Holland. Uh, good to have you, my friend. Lots Always of going on. Before we get into the whole Biden visit, uh, Putin... Uh, with his address, and really kind of double down in his State of the Nation speech regarding the war and uh, really seeking to blame the West, Holland, for the conflict. They're not going to stop. Threat continues every day. Pretty much Putin stating while rolling out a a list of uh, justifications uh, for this unprovoked invasion. And the biggest thing is the suspension As far as the participation in the New START Nuclear Arms Reduction Treaty, what does it all mean? What did you take out of that? And welcome, sir.
1: First, I have not had a chance to read in detail the speech that has been accurately uh, translated. So we're dealing basically with headlines. Um, And so I think think there's more to it than meets the eye because it's in both Russia's interest and our interest to have the new start extended. Nobody wants to build more nuclear weapons. And so I think that this is clearly a reaction on Putin's part to try to at least match Biden's trip to Kiev, which was stunning. Uh, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you like or dislike Joe Biden, this was a masterful performance and a stunning piece of, of political diplomacy on Biden's part um, <clears throat> and Putin is on his back foot. Now we'll see what happens. On the ground in Ukraine, the Russians are taking horrible casualties. It's interesting, Jay, because a lot of the right-wing uh, <coughs> cable news networks are accusing Biden of not being in East Palestine, where some 5,000 Americans have been affected, and yet we're talking about a war in Ukraine that could spread, where hundreds of thousands of people have been killed, and if you talk about tragedies, 50,000 Turks, and Syrians at least have died in an earthquake. So too often, I think the American public becomes transfixed on local tragedies here without realizing that there are even far greater tragedies abroad. Now that does not excuse the administration from uh, handling the situation in East Palestine in a better way, at least in terms of public relations. But here you had a president who was dealing with a very risky trip to uh, Ukraine. At the time of this other situation, you're sitting in the Oval Office and somebody tells you that a balloon is flying over Montana. You're overloaded with all these kinds of issues. And so I think in a perfect world, Americans should understand that the president has a very, very busy schedule and can't be all things to all people. But unfortunately, in today's 24-7 media coverage, uh, even the slightest what seems to be mistake is going to be taken out of proportion. And that's why there seems to be such a huge outrage, and this does not have anything to do with not understanding the tragedy that these people in East Palestine are going through. But the government is not responsible for everything.
0: Hold on a second, um, because I think a president has to be to all people, and I think he has an obligation to be of all people, to be to all people in this nation. Now, listen, I think it was an excellent visit. Well needed visit to Ukraine. Uh, you know, listen, he could he have done it sooner? Maybe. Uh but that's besides the point. Okay? The the situation in East Palestine, let's let's not forget that he could have made a visit there. He should have made a visit there. There are a lot of questions, but that's that's another that's another, you know, another topic maybe for another day. We we spoke about this last week, you and I. I mean, he has an obligation of those folks over there uh, to get there firsthand, and if not him, again, you and I maybe differ on this. Pete Pudijesh, uh, I should get over there, transportation secretary. Um, there's a lot of questions and answers that are that are well needed. But as far as Ukraine visit, it was a well needed visit. Uh, you know, another another 500 million. You I know, mean, I was I was kind of shocked hundred and thirteen billion dollars in play here since the start of the war. I mean, that's a lot of aid, a lot of aid, without question. Um, and now he's me, in make and make delivering an address there, Holland. Yeah. Look,
1: the bulk of that money going to weapons is being spent in the United States because who's making those men? Who's making those weapons? General Dynamic, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and so forth. So the bulk of that money, rather like the Marshall Plan, is being spent here. Having said that, given the issues of corruption, money that may be going directly or indirectly to Ukraine that we cannot control such as contracting wise, there needs to be better oversight and it's not clear the administration has done that and I fully agree that they have to do that. Uh, I'll make just one comment about East Palestine. Uh, Yeah, the president needs to be president for all Americans but there's such a thing as a priority and the president can only be in one place at a time. I agree that the administration should have Uh, regarded the Palestinian issue as more serious because these small situations can become politically explosive. But the fact of the matter is, in terms of priority, we have a war in Ukraine that could get out of hand. We have problems with China that could get out of hand. And in terms of security of the United States, unfortunately, there's no comparison between the situation that affects A small amount of Americans, that's a disaster, whether it's a man-made disaster or a natural disaster, and the overarching security of the country. And you can't make any kind of equivalence, even though the media will try to do that. And I think that's an error, but it just shows how divided the nation is. And unfortunately, uh, these small events are going to continue to have uh, far greater impact politically simply because the country is so divided.
0: So with the Hall and now, what about the... Situation at hand where China could be feeding Russia as far as the uh, artillery is concerned. Uh, what, what about that aspect and the ramifications? And a stern warning, by the way, from the U.S., that if that's the case, you know, cease and desist as far as uh, yeah. China is going about their business. China defiance of that statement. What does it all mean to you here? First,
1: let's see. President Xi is going to be making a big speech before the end of the month, which is called his peace speech. We'll see what happens. Um, as you know, I think that the administration should not have canceled Blinken's trip. And I think president Biden should have tried to get president Xi on the phone immediately. And, and we both agree that the balloon came as a great surprise and (laughs) dealing with surprises is often very, very difficult Uh, about supplying so-called lethal weaponry. That would be ammunition. I'm not sure China really wants to do that, but supposing China did, <clears throat> that would bring into play far more sanctions. It would divide America and Europe because Europe has a, China has a much larger role in terms of its economy, and Europe would be divided. I think at this stage we need uh, more careful diplomacy with China, and it could well be that China could be the matchmaker to try to see what can happen in Ukraine. But clearly, Putin's speech was a reaction to the Biden trip to Kiev, to the fact that the Russians aren't doing very, very, very well on the ground. But having said that, and in my column today, uh, in my column yesterday in the Hill, as you know, there's a disconnect. I listened very carefully to the Munich Security Conference that was in Germany uh, this past weekend. And quite frankly, the rhetoric on the part of the Western countries was extremely strong and powerful in terms of ukraine and support of ukraine and indeed Kamala Harris gave a surprisingly good speech with one with one major point and her answers to questions were also quite good which i found surprising but the point here is if you're going to declare russia a state sponsor of terrorism and putin of being a war criminal you better back it up with action and i'm afraid that our rhetoric certainly as shown at the munich security conference is far far stronger and our actions. And so I've argued for a strategy that's not piecemeal, doling out equipment, I would say one artillery piece at a time, and a plan of action to say, here's what we're going to do and in, in what's going to be sent by the West in a comprehensive plan, the training, the maintenance, all the thing that goes with it, so that we have a comprehensive plan of action, which would be even more, I think, threatening and therefore give more leverage on Mr. Putin to seek some kind of a negotiation. But we don't have that. And until we have that, I'm afraid the war is going to continue along the current lines with greater rhetoric on both sides. And that's not a good thing, especially when one of the uh, key people in this, Russia, has decided it may want to abandon a nuclear arms agreement, which could lead to a nuclear arms race, which is probably the last thing we need right now.
0: I'm just curious, what was the good thing that Kamala Harris stated in his speech? What, that war crimes were committed like we didn't know this already?
1: No, she gave a confident speech. It was well delivered. The one flaw was that the rhetoric in terms of war crimes was not matched by action. And I must say, in the questions and answers, she did all right. I was quite surprised. She handled herself quite well. And you know, I have been saying that the two most dangerous words in the English language are Kamala Harris. And so I have. you have to give credit where credit is due. And if people watch the entire tape on C-SPAN or some other media, you will find that she represented the united states in a way that you would expect vice presidents to represent themselves in direct contrast to the way that she's been dealing with her responsibilities before and i think you need to have an objective assessment of what she says and what she does and i'd give her good marks for this particular performance
0: well all right i mean uh, uh, l- listen we all know war crimes have been committed here okay this has been going on forever since this invasion began. Missiles going into maternity wards, uh, innocent people being executed on the streets of Ukraine, you know, with their their hands tied behind their back. I mean, we know that crimes have been committed here. And it has to be adjudicated in the International Criminal Court. We know that. Uh, And that's what it's all about right now. So, you know, if she conducted herself in that type of fashion, okay, fine. Uh, I can't give her a ton of credit, though. Can't give her a ton of credit. Uh, But especially when it comes to the border, Holland. I'm sorry. I cannot give her any credit. We're not talking
1: about the border, Jay. Sorry, we're talking about one performance. But let me say something. We talk about
0: uh, Moscow's... war crimes. War crimes have been committed by Putin since the start of this thing. Uh, We we know that. Let me just remind you, what were we
1: doing over Nazi Germany and Japan during the war? We were bombing them with firebombs. Uh, in a night, far more Japanese were killed in Tokyo and Haruna in a firebomb raid that died at Nagasaki and Hiroshima.
0: <clears throat> this was clearly terror bombing. am talking about Ukraine. Ukraine. I'm talking about Ukraine. And Putin and how he's conducting himself here. By killing innocent people. I'm talking about mothers and children. I mean, my goodness. I'm talking about babies, maternity wards here. Jay, what I mean, it's think, unbelievable. What, Nuclear power plants.
1: Jay, uh, what do you think our bombing our bombing in World War II did? Do you think it was limited just to German and Japanese uh, military I mean,
0: facilities? Of
1: course not. We're talking Ukraine here. I thought we are talking so I'm Ukraine. Talking about, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm talking about Putin uh, and Ukraine and war, Ukraine. I'm and war not excusing, Jay, I'm not excusing Putin. I agree with, entirely with you. But in war, war is unbelievably brutal. And in war, often and usually no targets are excluded now today in today's world Putin has made a huge 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 mistake because during World War two virtually every American agreed with let's kill those Japanese they bombed Pearl Harbor give them no mercy so there was public sentiment here uh, my point is that how are you going to bring Putin to justice and how do you reach a negotiation when you've already established him as a war criminal without any means of taking that to the logical end. And so that's my problem with, with uh, Harris's speech. It's easy to say he's a war criminal. It's easy to say they committed all these crimes. All right, then what do you do? And if it makes reaching a negotiation far more difficult and raises the dangers of escalation, my question remains, what is your exit strategy? And that's my problem, We have a piecemeal strategy. We do not have a comprehensive strategy, in my mind, with Ukraine. And that's a huge problem because this could escalate. And my guess is we will be sending more weapons that will be seen as escalatory by the Russians without necessarily any kind of idea of how this ends. Just having this war going on until both sides fight to exhaustion, to me, is not a moral nor a sensible strategy. And so that's why I've insisted or at least asked for the administration to come up with a plan. And you'll note in my column yesterday, <clears throat> during the Second Iraq War, <clears throat> when the surge when the insurgency was getting out of hand, and General Jack Keane, who had been the former Army Vice Chief, went to the White House in two thousand six and two thousand seven and persisted with George W. Bush that something had to be done. That led to the surge, which at least reversed the negative course of the war without getting into the fact that we should never have been there in the first place. We need the equivalent of a Jack Keane today to get to Joe Biden to say, look, Mr. President, on the course we're on, there's no end in sight. We need a better strategy. Does anybody exist that can do that? I don't know. But continuing along the current line means the rhetoric is going to be tougher. There are going to be more and more people killed, more and more damage done. Ukrainians are suffering the bulk of them horror here. And I don't understand what we can do to end the war because the administration has not come up with a strategy to that point. And that's what I think we need more than almost any.
0: The strategy Holland has failed. Uh, you know, all these deterrences uh, haven't made a dent in anything, you know. and I agree. And, you know, I've said since the beginning what needed to be done was an intense negotiation of some sort, between Biden and some of these other NATO countries, uh, and and to sit down with Putin. It had to be done in the early stages. And it had to, it had to be uh, in play uh, was some sort of references regarding Ukraine never joining NATO. That's been stated a million times. But really, you needed an intensified discussion here in the early stages. That was never done. You know, all of this other stuff, you know, strangling Putin left and right with a lot of these uh, situations involved, they have not been in play as far as his thinking at all, Putin's thinking, as far as halting this thing. So uh, it it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked at all. Uh, And the piecemealing in the beginning as far as uh, deterrences, you know, that hasn't worked. You hit Putin hard in the pocket from an economic standpoint. That's what should have been done in day one of this war. You hit him hard. Hit him hard in the pocket. It wasn't done properly. And also, there was never any discussion, uh, an intensified discussion of trying to stop this thing. uh, Anyway, Jay, you
1: obviously have read my book, besides uh, being so kind to uh, suggest to your listenership to read it. If I go into chapter and verse, uh, Putin, this did not happen accidentally. Without excusing Putin, if you were in Putin's position, the West and the United States took any number of steps that were seen as provocative and hostile. Going back to abrogating the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty in 2001, going into Afghanistan without knowing what we're doing, going into Iraq, which Putin protested. And then in 2008, at the NATO summit in Bucharest, with Putin there saying that Georgia and Ukraine could become members of NATO, as an offhand remark. Those are things that help enrage Putin. And in the summer, in the winter of uh, late 2021, Putin came up with three demands for a new strategic framework, framework, no further NATO expansion east, meaning Ukraine not in NATO. And the administration completely rejected it. And at that stage, Putin said, all right, uh, this issue is so important, I'm going to go in. Now, I'm, I'm not excusing Putin. This was unprovoked. But from his perspective, He saw, and you just laid out some of his grievances, he saw that he could not deal with the West, and this is where we ended up. The fact of the matter is we should have been doing far more proactive diplomacy all along, and this goes back to the uh, Obama administration as well, and we haven't done that, and so we are where we are. And now as far as sanctions, you just cannot say sanctions start right now. You can order sanctions to begin, but they're going to take weeks or months have any kind of hold and often sanctions take years to work the only example i can think of when they really work was with south africa which finally forced south africa to give up its nuclear weapons but sanctions are a weapon that can be used but it takes a great amount of time and its effectiveness by itself it seems to me it's marginal
0: all right uh, listen sanctions are okay but i think you really have to strengthen them uh, in day one it wasn't done uh, it takes a long that's day, part of the problem you
1: can't it, it takes a long time you can say we're going to do all this you don't do this overnight it's not a switch you can pull. it takes a long time for these sanctions to take hold, and always has and people rely too heavily on sanctions because they seem to be the go-to response uh short of using force but they take a long time and alone by themselves they're not effective
0: uh, No doubt. No doubt. So read uh, Holland's piece in the Hill uh, each and every week. And, of course, the book, a great book, really, is The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad Hell. Massive attacks of disruption uh, became the looming existential danger to a divided nation and the world at large. Holland, uh, can't thank you enough for a couple of minutes, my friend.
1: Yeah, and look, the massive attacks of disruption, Jay, the balloon was huge. What's happening in Palestine is huge. Look how disruptive they are. And we're simply not prepared, and we should be. And this is a lesson we need to learn, because in this day and age, even and often, the smallest event can have huge political consequences that are unanticipated, and we just need to be better at anticipating them.
0: Uh, Unfortunately, unpreparedness is the common denominator, I think, of this current administration. And you bring up Palestine, Uh, even to the ridiculous comments of uh, the Transportation Secretary, uh, who does plan on making a visit there. Does plan on it, folks. Uh, That's what he said. Uh, He told reporters yesterday he plans to visit the community when the time is right, quote-unquote, and announced new efforts by his agency to improve rail safety. Really, when is the time right, Mr. Secretary? That's what I would ask him. When do you think the time is right? Uh, for Jay, more, do you remember, more do you remember nausea, more rashes, more sore throats uh, to take Jay, place. Is that it? My goodness. Jay, do, you remember, operate, do you remember Hurricane Katrina
1: and the Bush administration, how unprepared we were? You go back to any administration, and even with these lessons, they do not do well Republican or, Demo- or Democrat. And I would say upper, uh, Hurricane Katrina was a much, much greater disaster much greater than palestine my point is that the government the government not republicans and democrats the government is not fully prepared and as i go in my book we have to organize because these disruptions are going to be the major are the major challenge to the future security covid we were not prepared for covid after all the war games should
0: Should joe biden have been in east palestine already
1: I think that's no. a huge mistake. No, when, when a president goes someplace, it just overloads everything. He should have done one thing. He should have said, no, he should have made a, a comment in the press and said, send, I'm sending a special delegation or whomever. I'm going to ask the Ohio senators. No, Holland never
0: Last I checked, the distance of travel from the nation's capital, capital to East Palestine is less than 300 miles. He should be yeah, there. So he what? should have been there. He what should good, have been what there. good would a visit he by should, the president, do? along with his transportation? I mean, come on. I'm sorry. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Green Party, Yellow Party. President of the United States should have been in Ohio. So look at that. Why? That is a disaster. I'm sorry. Why? That's a disaster. Why should he It is. Tell me why. And they're getting high. they're getting hardly any response. That is when you need leadership. Leadership has failed. I mean, you can't listen. You 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 can't you can't alter that type of, of way of thinking. You can't. I'm sorry. I, and again, this isn't pop, this isn't partisan anything. This is common sense. It's common yeah. sense.
1: I would just say I would just say Jay. I, I would just say that what good what benefit would a presidential visit have done, regardless of
0: whomever the, president? the community that you care. Jay. Vinyl chloride was in the air there. Jay, based look, on negligence, you show that you care by viewing it firsthand. Look, if every That's time all. Have, we have an
1: incident like this. You cannot expect the president to go to it. And I don't want to sound I don't want to sound cold hearted. But quite frankly, the incident in Palestine should have been dealt with by the administration differently. And the president, have and you it can't,
0: can't the- have your transportation secretary saying, "When the time is right." I, mean, I come Jay, on. Jay, wait, Stop. wait, wait, we're talking about the president. I agree with you about
1: Buttigieg.
0: I if the not the president, the, the the head of transportation in your cabinet. You direct him, saying, "Pete, you're going to East Palestine." That's what you do well, as a agree, leader. That's decide. what you do.
1: You, you I'm sorry, my way of thinking you would say that would be good enough for as a substitute for the president, because the president can't go to all of these situations. Look, 5,000 people were affected. That's a tragedy in itself. But frankly, in the scale of things, uh, that is not, as I said, the same tragedy as the portion of Hurricane Katrina. Should the administration dealt with it differently, should have dealt differently with the balloons? You bet. But they didn't. But the fact of the matter is the president has a huge schedule, no matter whomever president is. And I just Katrina. Think,
0: I am talking yeah. East Palestine. Okay. Katrina. You're talking Katrina East Palestine. Still... Should have been there. I don't care. You should have been there. <laughs> okay. Stop there. Stop Will there. You... Listen, you're making a secret trip to Ukraine. Okay, great. Stop stop in East Palestine beforehand. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
1: And anyway, I'm just saying, you know, you can't tell me we, what we, that we... would do. People would people would say that he's just making a political stunt. Republicans would have it. Democrats would do the same thing. Republicans are saying the president. It's, is it's using not for
0: this. aesthetics. Show the community that you care. You are the president you, of the United States. This is listen. This is a, listen, this is a think, huge storyline here? here. What do you it's think huge. is going to
1: happen when when Donald Trump goes to Palestine? The Democrats are going to be all over him, saying this is a political stunt. You're an idiot. The Republicans are saying this is what Joe Biden should have done, and if the situation
0: was the leader, leader of this country, should have been there, hands down, should uh, have been there.